So where is everyone going to be this Saturday? I'm going to be watching something on telly. Hiding from the crowds. Hiding from the <laughs> hiding from the massed, unwashed masses of fandom. Are you going to be at home watching it? No, I'm going to be with a mate. I'm uh, going to be down the road with my good friend, Ben, and we're going to be watching something called The Eleventh Hour. Mm, lovely. Which I've, I've heard good, good reports of. Christopher? I was thinking of doing the same thing, but I'll probably be feverishly ignoring the fact that I'm supposed to be packing stuff to do something to watch that as well. What about you, Chris? Laura? Um, I've got a light wash and a dark wash. Mm. And I usually do them on about 30. So I thought I'd do that for most of the day. Yeah. yeah. But then in the evening, we're going to a certain launch party Are run you? by Jeremy Bentham. That's right. That's right. We're going to see the 11th hour in with hundreds of Doctor Who fans on the biggest non-cinema screen in the capital. Wow, that's mega. Yeah, that'll be good, won't it? So I hope we will see some people there. If you do, see us. We won't recognise you and you won't really recognise us. But know that we're all there together mm. and it's going to be great. Maybe we could just hold spaghetti in our mouths permanently <laughs> so people can see that it's us. <laughs> know that we're the Oodcast. That's right. Well, <laughs> hope to see people there. Um, other than that... Welcome to the last Oodcast before the new I'm holding my hands up with excitement. Yet another visual golden moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, okay, let me formally welcome you to the fourth Oodcast in Season 2. With me this week is Chris Alpha. Hello. Andrew. Hello. Laura, the lovely girl of the group. Hello. And me, Chris Sigma. Hi, hi. Very excited. We've got a jam-packed show for you this week. We've got a lot of geeking out about the fact the new series is starting and our hopes and aspirations for it and what we think might happen. We've got a bit about Doctor Who crafts. Laura's been very excited about knitting various monsters, spaceships and aliens. And finally, we have a sketch from the pen of Chris Alpha, which we're really looking forward to. Also, a bit of a musical interlude. That's right. Yep. All sorts of great stuff. But first, a new feature which we hope will become ongoing, and that's the news headlines. Tom Baker agrees to work with Big Finish, or does he? Widespread contagion amongst cast and crew means that Silurians are being made to wear Veruca socks whilst on set. BBC Worldwide have signed a deal for Homebase to develop and sell a working sonic screwdriver. 
Home Office demand that the doctor demonstrates he holds a passport after claims that his time-travelling adventures are setting a bad example for illegal immigrants. Matt Smith reveals phone box fetish. The new canine adventure series will premiere in the UK on the Disney XD channel about two hours before the new series starts on BBC One. Police search waste ground in East London after remains of a burger van owner was found and chilling laughter reported in the area. The missing 108 lost episodes of Classic Who have been found in a local branch of a well-known music and entertainment retailer. Um, I apologise, I appear to have misunderstood. It appears Andy has got hold of a complete box set of the series lost for a bargain price in HMV. The first scene of the new series is now available online for everyone to see. The Doctor is revealed as having a footballing talent. Actor James Corden said, yeah, he was all right. Not as good as me, of course. Stephen Moffat describes Matt Smith as Patrick Moore in the body of an underwear model. And finally, an Oodcast exclusive. A new series is being developed by BBC Wales to replace the much-missed One Man and His Dog. Aimed at the intergalactic market, one humanoid life form and his electronic canine will feature the slitheen rounding talents of K9 and is to be filmed during the summer and broadcast to Alpha Centauri over the Christmas and New Year period. And that concludes the news for this week. Uh, you may have noticed we've decided not to go into a lot of detail with the news stories because there's so many Doctor Who podcasts that do it uh, regularly and do it very, very well. We don't think that we can add a lot. So some of those may be true, truer than others, would we you thought say? We'd, yeah, we thought we'd do it quite badly instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, here we are. It's it's Tuesday before the series starts. <gasps> I'm almost falling over with excitement. And I got so excited just now, I nipped out to the newsagent across the road and I bought the Radio Times, which has got a massive Doctor Who pull-out cover. Um, so let's have a hit the microphone so let's have a quick look um oh that's quite good isn't it oh i like oh that's page 15 actually that's very colorful do you like that bit there oh Oh, Oh, no (gasps) lovely can't do that thank you andrew for that overview of the radio times article other listing magazines are available I'm, I've just got to say now, and I'm going to write this on the blog. I am just so excited. I can't. I feel like a nine-year-old again. I'm <laughs> so excited. I I think about it quite a lot of the time. The fact that the new Doctor Who's coming on. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Just really, really overexcited oh, in the best way I, possible. I can actually not quite put it into words, and I know that's quite sad, but it's true. I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. <laughs> See, I planned to go to bed early last Friday, and I made the mistake of watching the beginning of Jonathan Ross and Matt Smith. And then you had to wait. On it. I waited end. for him to come on, and then I was so excited by the end of that that I didn't go to bed for quite did a long you, time after. Did you watch and rewatch the Vampires of Venice? I did. I went online and found it. Yes. Um, There are so many bits in his performance, just in that little bit that are just so exciting. The way he says, uh, but I digress or something, but I'm rambling. Yes. Uh, When he's talking uh, about 
Oh, I can't remember who he's talking about. Oh, Houdini. Houdini, yeah. yes. And he just, he just, and there's. But he was shorter, will did, be shorter, but I'm rambling. <laughs> I particularly like the bit where, he, where he, he said, Tell me the whole plan. <laughs> oh, that'll work one day. He that talked to fantastic. the audience. Yeah. Yes. Like the fourth doctor. And used it to worked. Do. Yeah. Brilliant. Do you know the bit that I liked best about that scene? He's coming down the stairs right at the beginning with that very Dudley Simpson esque music. And um, he jumps the last couple of steps and dislodges his jacket. And he just flicks it back on with his shoulder. And I'm like, you know, if it had been any other actor, they'd have gone, oh, my jacket's falling off. Can we, re- can we re-go? But Matt Swift just goes, he just shrugs it back on and carries on. The new, I mean, it's too, really too early to dissect this 11th Doctor's personality. I think by episode six, he probably has his personality in place. He's over the regeneration period. So mm. we are seeing full-blooded 11th Doctor there. And he's retained that absolute pleasure at the wonder of the universe mm. even if it's trying to kill him which mm. i think both of the other doctors had you're beautiful you know oh yes and i love that but also it's it's uh, doing the uh are oh, you not afraid of the monsters nope they're afraid of me yeah oh, <laughs> such a lovely take on the, on the character believe what bunch of fanboys i'm sitting with look i'm not that excited about it yet look. it doesn't creep into my every waking thought or or moment but I have to say, I think in the few minutes just before it starts, I'm probably going to be hyperventilating because I usually do do that. But right now, I can just about control myself from exploding out my clothes and running around the room screaming about Matt Smith. Okay, good. <laughs> we can control that about ourselves too. I don't know. I don't know. Have you seen Andrew over here? <laughs> have you seen yeah, my big and, green? And Andrew, put that back on. Grit is not nice. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Stop waving it round. <laughs> So uh, we've got a deluge of new trailers. The BBC seems to have cut the same trailer about five times and just added little bits every now and then. The BBC America one uh, is particularly brilliant, I think. There's a massive spaceship fight. Yes, with spaceships in space. That's got to be episode three, presumably. I love. I can't remember which um, where I read this, but there was something about. Did you see this new trailer? Did you spot the significant detail? What's it? This might be a new spoiler. Excellent. The significant detail was the new trailer didn't have him firing the gun at the end. It was just his face. Uh. That's oh, right. That okay. was probably for like a, I don't know, an earlier, like CBC, the children's BBC audience. <laughs> I the thing know. is, you, you couldn't show a CBBC audience those teeth on those women. There was a Teletubbies episode, I believe, where Lala went on a sort of killing spree. Lala Ward. There, there is that uh, that famous alternative ending to the tweenies as well, where they all die in a massacre. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think they're... The, the the children of Britain are used to this sort of thing nowadays. Yeah, yeah. They've had five years of Doctor Who, haven't they? Hey, listen, I was in the pub the other night, and this is well exciting. I was sat there with me mates, and somebody went, <gasps> Andrew, look! And across the pub was one of those gaming consoles, and it was on a like a continuous loop of adverts on the screen. And blow me, but it was the... Can I say blow me? Uh, but... Goodness me, but yeah, there was... Yes, um, Andrew, you can <laughs> say blow me. That's say steady. Really <laughs> fine. There was Just a Doctor Who title sequence. It, it was the Tom Baker Doctor Who title sequence done by modern CGI. So you had the sort of two-dimensional look of the TARDIS coming up the tunnel. And the, the, the two lines... It began with the two lines, horizontal lines. The TARDIS came towards you. Uh, and then there was the new logo! So I don't know if I have already seen the new title sequence or not. You've seen a computer game graphic, Andrew. No. I don't think they would let it slip. (laughs) They Mm. they didn't even show it to the press. 
So in the big press launch, they still kept it. It was the one secret. I don't think they let I'm, it slip out. I'm, in holding, quiz I'm holding it out for that being the only pub in the world that I, accidentally I got that idea. copy. I love the idea that the BBC have been so careful everywhere else, but they've accidentally let it go onto all these pub <laughs> quiz machines. <laughs> I'm the only person outside the production team that's seen it, and I'm well chuffed. Well, no, you're one of two because your friend told you to look at it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you don't think it's the title sequence then? No, I, I don't. Well, if you go on YouTube and put in Doctor Who title sequence, you'll get hundreds of fairly similar things. Fan-made ones. Yeah. If that is the title sequence, then I will eat the hat that Matt Smith is going to have in the second season. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to go and say, yeah, that was the one. <laughs> is he having a hat made out of cabbage? Because no, you wouldn't like that. He's going to wear a fez. Cabbage. <gasps> uh, Tom Baker would have loved it. Oh, Tom Baker's idea for a, a companion was a cabbage, wasn't it? A on his shoulder. Walking, a talking cabbage <laughs> on his shoulder. Well, like, say, for Beeblebrooks, but only a cabbage. Only a cabbage, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, can we, can we just rewind a bit there? He's going to wear a fez. No, he's not. That was a joke. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. I was just thinking. We don't Tommy know for sure. Oh, yeah, he might. He might oh. go to. He might go to Egypt. Mm. That's true. He That's wrote true. when he was preparing for the role. I've read that he wrote fan fiction. That's right. It's and the only he, way he could get in touch with the character. Which is a lovely story, isn't it? He was. He was inspired by the photo of Albert Einstein poking his tongue out, and he goes, "Ah, genius with quirks." And he wrote stories set in Egypt. With the Doctor and Albert Einstein. I think he came across quite charmingly in the Jonathan Ross interview. Uh, he's obviously nowhere near as polished as David Tennant was, especially by the end of his tenure as the Doctor. But he is, he's got a certain kind of wacky he's charm that's very he's endearing. He's so young, though. He's so, he came across to me as really quite scared. Like mm. he, was, he was obviously being confident for the show, but I just got the, I did get the opinion that, oh my goodness, this is my first big role. I better not mess this up. He came across but I didn't mind it. I he came it across endearing. kind of mad, as mad as a box of frogs kind of mad. But I think that's what his doctors... Marvellously so, like, which yeah. is great. But he did look very nervous and a bit twitchy. But it's a big chat show, famous yeah. chat show with a, a, you know, a host who is known for <laughs> putting spanners in, in the works during and an he interview. Did, he did follow that. Um, Emma Thompson and mad scientist. Brian Cox. Egg tomato hitting guy. Yeah, do, yeah. I'd have been scared. <laughs> when Andrew was talking about Matt Smith writing fan fiction in Egypt, when he said he wrote, I thought he said he rode, and then I suddenly had a vision <laughs> of Matt Smith wearing a fez on a camel going past the pyramids. Maybe that's something we'll see in the new series. And maybe the camel had fan fiction written all across its flanks. <laughs> yes. That would be a bit weird. Well, like the people in the Satan pit. Yeah, the like Toby. <laughs> Could they get Banksy to do the uh, the fan fiction on the side? That's the sort of thing he likes doing, isn't it? Mm. So, who's seen the first 45 seconds of me, the 11th me, hour? Me, 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 no. me, me. Yes, have I you not, Chris? No, I keep forgetting. No way. <laughs> you keep forgetting. Look, I have a child. Sorry, I have a Time Lord. Yes, to look <laughs> after. Fair enough. <gasps> I love the bit where the camera looks out of the TARDIS and then pans down in that very sort of um, breaking the fourth wall manner. And there is Matt Smith looking up. For all our listeners, Chris Alpha has now got his fingers in his ears so that he can't <laughs> hear what Andrew and I are discussing. <laughs> I thought it was all right. What? I thought it was okay. I instantly started thinking, why has he fallen out? Is it to escape the burning wrath therein? Well, I reckon the, the, the door, the, the blast of the console exploding loosened the doors. They flew open and he was hurled backwards by said blast. And uh, there you are. 
I'm more interested as to why he lost the jacket. It's just a great... I mean, it's obviously a few minutes later. Anything could have happened in that time. Yeah. We last saw him plunging down through the stratosphere and, and now he's over London, so... And Chris is now almost going, la, 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 not listening. It was whistling, Andy. Okay, right. Oodcast, everyone do the research next time so we can actually talk about stuff. (laughs) Moving on. Um, I would like everyone to say the one thing that they are most looking forward to of what they know of the new series. One thing they're really, really looking forward to. Slapstick. Laura is looking forward to slapstick in general. Jokey, jokey, funny slapstick. I think you I'm may be disappointed. Combined with poo yourself horror. I think you'll find that more. Does it have to be just one thing? No, I'll share a few if you All like. right. Um, oh, Matt Smith and Karen Gillan, because they're plainly going to be fantastic. Uh, new title sequence. I'm really hoping that it's going to f- f- use that new, um, that new time tunnel, because I love that, and have that element of... Um, the Brothers Grimm kind of thing that we're talking about, fairy tales. But also, oh, I do hope they keep the Delia Derbyshire. Because if they don't, I might actually switch off just no, for that 30 seconds. Not. You wouldn't. I'll be cross, would man. Would write I'll be a cross. letter? Yes, I think I actually would. I'd be on Gallifrey base starting all sorts of threads in anger. Wow. <laughs> we need a camera on you next time. <laughs> Alpha? My turn. Um, I'm looking forward to the the new TARDIS and finding out what that big face is at the end of the trailer. The new TARDIS looks a little bit like a confectionery ad. You know you get those <laughs> bubblegum explosions, the strawberry and lime <laughs> bubblegum explosions. It looks like that combined with a Maltesers ad combined <laughs> with some sort of lizardy lounge Austin Powers thing. Doesn't the front of the Radio Times look rather like an old Harry Potter poster? See what they've done there? Visual podcasts. <laughs> Sorry. I like to think I created a visual image of, in people's minds. Yeah. With my chameleon bubblegum Malteser. Come this on, all our listeners are going to have a copy of the Radio Times by the time they hear this. I would like to echo Alpha, really, in that I'm looking forward most to the new TARDIS, the interior. I hear there's extra rooms. I want to see the swimming pool again and the library. And maybe they've got a new zero room because it's been reconstructed. So they could have a new zero room now. Not that that would do anything at this point. Well, no, no, it'd be exactly the point. that Maybe they use it. Yeah, maybe they do. Oh, oh, it's just, isn't the excitement almost better than watching the series? Oh, I mean, you know, pre-series, it's like, oh, there's so many possibilities of what they might do. And you also know it's going to be fantastic. So it's just like, it's like waiting for Christmas when you're six. Nah, nah, the series will be better than now. Yeah, but if nothing else, that suggests that you're more excited beforehand because it's going to be a big disappointment when you see it. No, I don't think I'm going to be disappointed. I'm excited about the ideas. I'm excited Mm. about the idea of what it will be like having Daleks fight for the British in the Second World War. And I'm excited about what, how he's going to tie up the whole River Song thing. So how, how come she has that Time Lord quality of being able to recognise him, whatever his regeneration. I'm looking forward to what he's going to do with a finale mm. and what he's going to do with a... I'm talking about the moth here, of course. And what he's going to do with the start, you know, the first one, he's got 65 minutes. That's longer than most of the specials. Mm. It is... I just cannot wait. <laughs> I'm so excited. What am I going to do with you on Saturday morning? Uh, we might have to record some Doctor Who plays or something. Just what, what you should do is get one of those giant wheels that um, 
you can use it, attach it to a generator, yeah. then you get free electricity for the day because it'll <laughs> be running so far. <laughs> I was thinking that, or just put him in a bath full of ice. <laughs> and harvest my kidneys. <laughs> yes, that. Well, I thought maybe you would, you know, you'd be vibrating so strongly it would melt anyway. And it would be funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do that. Right. Um, <clears throat> moving on from your home life. I have I have one more thing I'm excited about. And this is is related uh, in the Doctor Who Adventures magazine next week to celebrate. No, from this Thursday, in fact, to celebrate the new series. They're giving away a clock in the shape of a TARDIS. Oh. It's so stupid, but I'm so happy about it. A clock <laughs> in the shape of the TARDIS. It's a TARDIS with a clock on the front. Ah. As opposed to the master who ha- had <laughs> a TARDIS in the shape of a clock. clock. <laughs> 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 Is it a grandfather clock? No, it's the TARDIS with a clock with on With a clock front. on it. It's a TARDIS-shaped clock. So I don't know why I asked, is it Grandfather Clock? It, yeah, on the plainly. front of a magazine. We should cut that. No, that is no, really brilliant. <laughs> Andrew envisages WH Smith shelves with like... <laughs> Looking for a Grandfather Giant. Clock. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it. Where is it? They haven't got stock. I've made an exciting geeky purchase, which is I've got all of the old Tom Baker era comic strips from the old Doctor Who weeklies that have been collected by IDW and recoloured. They've brought out five compilations and I've got the first three on eBay for a real bargain. Plus I've started to read the IDW ongoing series, which is sort of new 10th Doctor stories that apparently bring back old monsters like the Draconians mm, and the them. Ogrons. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be well, I want the Ogrons to come back. 10th Doctor versus those ones. And apparently they're really good. So lots of new Doctor Who comics that I will review in the near future. Oh. I've just realised Draconian is one of our listeners. Hello, Draconian. Do you mean Draculosaurus? Hello, Draculosaurus. <laughs> hey. Actually, I mean, let's move on to feedback. We've got the, the feedback jingle, so feedback. Had enough of us talking crap. Listen up, this is your feedback. Think we sound like we're taking crap. So I guess the first thing to say is that we've had some really nice comments from a person called Draculosaurus and we went onto their page, didn't we, uh, and saw their artwork on DeviantArt and I was very impressed. Incredible. so our fans are also, well, our fans, our listeners are also incredibly talented people, which is always the best way to be. Um, I wrote down the uh, URL, Draculosaurus, which is spelt Dracula and then Saurus, as in a dinosaur, dot deviantart.com. So uh, go and have a look at that, because some of that is brilliantly evocative artwork. I've got some from a fellow called Dave, Dave Hingley. Hi, Dave. He says he's a regular listener to the show. He gets he catches it on the Alliance page. He says he really enjoyed our our quotes feature last week, and he's got some memorable quotes. For added funness, I will not tell you which episode they come from. You've got to guess. So here we go. Here we go. I'll read them out. It's first one says, I'm not exactly breaking the laws of time, but I am bending them a little. Second Doctor uh, in the episode The Five Doctors. Yeah, I think you're right. Jenkins, short chap with wings, five rounds rapid. That's the third Doctor in The Demons, isn't it? It's the Brigadier in The Demons. Oh, no, yeah, it's in the third Doctor story, The Demons. Yes, it's the Brigadier. (laughs) The the, the Doctor just being like, shoo that alien. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ace, give me some of that Nitro 9 you're not carrying. Seventh Doctor, Remembrance of the Daleks. Very good accent. Was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Badly wrong. <laughs> Splendid chaps, all of them. That is also in the Fifth Doctor, of the Five Doctors, but I think it's the second. Brigadier, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so you're my replacements, a dandy and a clown. First that Doctor, fifth, uh, Five Doctors. Is that right? Is that right? Did I get it? You've three. got the right person. The three doctors. It's the three doctors. No, not the mind probe. I don't know. Is it? Uh, no. Oh, come on, guys. This one's a famous. Shada? No, it's. Uh, it, it's <laughs> I think it's the Castellan in Five Doctors. Wow, he loves the Five Doctors. I is love it Five, the five doctors, doctors or is it Arkham Infinity? It's Five Doctors, isn't it? Anyway. Uh, okay. Oh, I like this one. If you understand, look very scared. It carries on. I, I know from memory because I love this bit. No. A little bit more scared than that. Come on, Andrew. We don't want Silence in the library, Doctor. Tenth Doctor. And then this one. um, This is the dematerializing control, and that over yonder is the horizontal hold. Up there is the scanner. Those are the doors. This is a chair with a panda on it. Sheer poetry, (laughs) dear boy. Now, please stop bothering me. It sounds very fourth Doctor. It's it's first Doctor. Really? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I forget which episode. <clears throat> love that just thing? go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine well that happens at the beginning of we the five doctors that. but um, what is was that it originally l- from is it his last speech in the tenth planet no it's when he says goodbye to Susan okay. in the end of Dalek Invasion of Earth uh, don't worry Brigadier people will be shooting at you soon enough third doctor <laughs> spec so <laughs> Dave says now no sneaky watching the episodes or writing down or acquiring scripts to gen up on it give yourself one point if you guess the episode and a bonus, bonus point if you know the doctor where applicable whoever gets the most points wins me yeah I think Laura won yeah thank you uh, okay uh, so that was Dave Hingley thanks very much Dave nice to hear no someone's listening before I read mine can we please cut the Sharda answer out because I don't want the flashing blade dissing us more <laughs> because we get one wrong Okay. I've got another one. This is from Craig Hansen. Thank you very much. And hello, Craig. This is a feedback on your lecture, Chris, on time travel stuff. Love the lecture. I think you touched on this, but what about the possibility that with fixed points, the Doctor is powerless to interfere? Because if he does, he will merely become part of events. I refer you to the Aztecs, the Visitation, Earthshock, Fires of Pompeii, Waters of Mars. I theorise that any other event which which isn't fixed, the Doctor instinctively knows he can make a difference to events. Why why should there be fixed and flux time? Who knows? For example, in the fires of Pompeii, the Doctor decides to take action only to find that he has to trigger the volcanic eruption as his other option will destroy the Earth. In other words, he's become part of events. In the Aztecs, he warns Barbara that she will be unable to change the Aztecs' practice of human sacrifice. You can't change history, Barbara. Not one line of it. I appeal to you, Barbara. Be reasonable. What you're trying is impossible, the Doctor implored. Believe me, I know. I really do. I know. I'm sure he said it better than that. Even though it is impossible, he is not averse to trying to change fixed points. From the reference there is Waters of Mars and Genesis of the Daleks. I have to say I'm loving the fact that someone's actually debating something that I wrote as if it might have some academic worth to it. Uh, well, thanks so much for feeding back anything, really. Uh, 
I don't know if I should address the points. I just love that idea, basically, that if he does try and change a fixed point, all he succeeds in doing is becoming embroiled in it. And I would argue that maybe because a Time Lord's timeline is never meant to be linear, perhaps he was always meant to be involved at that point. I've got some feedback from a Mr. Mark Goodacre. Mark, 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 Mark. Are you Boris Johnson or something? Why do you need to use Latin? When you're giving feedback on an internet website, I'm going to try and read it anyway. <laughs> he says it's a great episode and he liked the theory. Huzzah! Um, referencing Occam's razor, he says, you are wrong. It is not the simplest theory is the best. Quite often reality is complex and simple theories can distort. Rather, it is entia non sunt multiplicanda praeter necessitatum. Entities should not be multiplied beyond what is necessary. Perhaps, though, we could still apply it to the difficulties caused by those faces in the brain of Morbius. We could say that additional incarnations of the Doctor should not be hypothesised beyond what is necessary, and we know that from elsewhere in later Doctor Who that Hartnell was indeed the first Doctor. So some other explanation, such as the one you offer, has to be found for all those pre-Hartnell faces. So I think we can get to where we want to through Occam's razor after all. Um, is this the kind of geeky comment you're looking for? I yes, think we can say it it's is. it's absolutely yeah. right. And it I love is. that idea that we know William Hartnell was the first Doctor, mm -hmm. so therefore there has to be an explanation. So maybe we can just leave it at that. There has to be one. Love it. Really love it. The uh, other person I think that I'd just like to say thanks to is a internet user called Matt Chris, I think, who used to follow us on our old blog and has apparently moved over to our new one and now listens to the podcast. They've been really supportive too. So thank you very Hooray. much. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you very much for all the feedback. Keep sending in comments and um, we'll keep responding in a delightfully gracious manner. Now, something that I really enjoy doing is a bit of crafts, you know, arts and crafts. It's good fun and it keeps your mind off the naughty. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I've been having a look to see what crafts are related. The noughties, you know. Um, I've been having a look to see what crafts are related to Doctor Who. And um, there are so many. There are so many geeks who are also crafty types. And I found uh, one website where a lady is entirely dedicated to creating the perfect replica of Tom Baker's scarf. She has identified correctly the exact colour patterns... Uh, for each season and uh, recreates them and then checks the ones that are on in exhibits to see if they are the correct colours in the correct order. And uh, the longest scarf was apparently over 20 foot long. I didn't know that. Has she got a website? Because I wouldn't mind one of them. I want I don't, season I don't 16. Think she, no, she doesn't sell them. But she does do a wonderful, wonderful version of uh, the... Who is the doctor who has the vest with the question marks on it? Sylvester McCoy? Him. Yeah. Yes, she does a version of his vest as well. Ooh. And no thanks. <laughs> I have to say that is something that has never crossed my mind as an item of clothing I'd want. I, I had, when I was small, I had, well, I still am small, but when I was young, <laughs> I had a um, question mark collar shirt and mm. I've still got my 11 foot long scarf. I, I really want the pink stripy trousers and the blazer from Peter Davison. But sorry, carry on. Well, if those items of clothing don't appeal to you, she also has created knitted stockings, thigh-high stockings. Nora Batty. In, in the same pattern as Tom Baker's scarf. <laughs> of course, that wasn't the only thing I found. I also found a knitted version of an oud. It's Aww. so cute. 
For some reason, it's wearing green instead of grey, but I think we can forgive that as it is so cool. Um, but my favourite piece of Doctor Who craft ever has to be the little tiny plush adipose that you can get. Oh, I want one, I want oh, one, I want one. they are so sweet. They were going to do adipose stress balls, if you no. know what I mean. <laughs> um, How could you squeeze that little face? Oh, but they're, no. Because like they're, they're like, they're right. show you, he's good at. There you go, like oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah, radio gold. Oh, <laughs> no. That's like, that's complete cruelty. But they're the right palm size, and they're, they're pretty solid. They wouldn't mind if you gave them a little gentle, friendly squeeze. Do you think they'd sort of <laughs> react with a ticklish giggle? Yeah, I think so. They, they might look up at you with those little eyes and go, <coughs> and go, go, Oh, you're getting things up with Monty Python. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The you've adipose really that been go, thinking <laughs> about squeezing adipose, haven't you, Andrew? This is, this is, <laughs> oh. Just be thankful he's talking about adipose. I think, Laura, you constructed that idea upon the fact that I want an adipose stress ball. Um, Other fantastic things I've seen is a cross-stitch alphabet featuring different elements of the Doctor, including um, T is for Toclophane and (laughs) L is for Luke, (laughs) J is for Jenny. What's Q for? Oh, I don't know. Listeners, send in your suggestions. Could be for Quatermass, as so many of the stories seem to be based around similar ideas. And the, the rocket group is featured in one of the episodes, isn't it? In fact, mm. the British space program has oh, yeah. nicked the logo. Yeah, they've nicked the logo. They so but have. <laughs> hold on, this is verging on news. Oh, yeah, no, we shouldn't. Instead, it's time for Doctor Who Audio Adventure Time. Woo! Uh, so here we go. <laughs> Is it? It's the doctor. Hang on a moment. Ah, there you are. Who are you? I'm the doctor. Nice to meet you. You're not the doctor? I can assure you that I am. My doctor is a woman. No, 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 not a GP. I am the doctor, not a doctor. Her name is Iris, if I remember correctly. Nice woman. Warm hands. I'm not a medical doctor, just... just the doctor. And I am in a hurry here. Would you mind if I come in and use the facilities? The waste matter disposal chip on my craft has malfunctioned, and the console room is awash with things I'd far rather not see while negotiating a meteorite storm. Young man, I am Codron the Slight. I have been a seer, a shaman, an oracle, and hostage negotiator to the people of Banaxius for almost 15 millennia. I have seen and experienced 14 nuclear winters, fathered more than 2,000 children, been present at the closing moments of the three biggest wars this galaxy has ever seen. I have named stars, suns and solar systems, mostly just to impress the girls, and composed music that has been used on four car advertisements so far. I am as close to a god as this world has ever seen, and yet I do not understand what you mean. I mean, can I use your toilet? I am a simple being, of some 1,200 years in this hermitage. I am afraid that I know not of what you speak. I need a wee. Oh, I see. Can I come in? No. What? Why not? I thought your race was a welcoming one. We are. But we also know a bogus caller when we see one. Want to come in and try and sell me fake remedies that don't work on things I don't have, did we? 
Well, I know your game. Be gone, brute. Who is it? It's the doctor. You were just talking to me. There is no one here. Try again later or leave a message after the beep. Beep. Now, where did I put that copy of Lukewarm magazine? I think a trip to the toilet is in order. So just as we're drawing things to a close, we uh, have got a little a little extra something for you. Uh, you may have heard the news that uh, Russell T. Davis was approached with the idea of doing Torch with the musical, which got us thinking. Maybe other parts of the Doctor Who universe could get the musical treatment. So now we hand you over to Laura with Martha's Lament. There's a fine, fine line Between a lover and a friend And when you're lost in time That line could drive you round the bend And you'll never know you've been drugged And cloned and dipped in bats of slime There's a fine, fine line when you're in a traveller in time There's a fine, fine line Between a black hole and a sun No matter what you try You can't make three hearts beat as one I guess if someone doesn't love you back It isn't such a crime But there's a fine, fine line When you're in Traveller in time And I don't have the time To waste on you anymore I don't think that you even know What you're looking for For my own sanity I'll close the TARDIS door Watch you fade away There's a fine, fine line Between a legend and a myth And now I've gone freelance I think I'll marry Mickey Smith Yes, I know it doesn't make much sense In terms of the plot line But there's a Write to the Oodcast at oodcast at me.com or find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Oodcast or our Twitter page at twitter.com slash the Oodcast. Bye. 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 Cheerio.